Well, good morning, High Life, and uh, welcome uh, to our service uh, this morning. Uh, I trust you are having a great time. Uh, this indeed is the day the Lord has made, and therefore we will rejoice and be glad in it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, the Bible says that the path of the just will be like the shining light that shines brighter and brighter um, onto the perfect day. Um, our path is one of continuous illumination. We keep going from glory to glory, from strength to strength, because the increase of his government, there shall be no end. So the, the government of God continues to expand within us as we continue to focus on the resurrected Christ and our union with him, um, who is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Um, I trust you're doing well. Uh, we're going to get straight into the word. Uh, there's a, We have a uh, a lot we want to investigate uh, this morning. But before we get into that, uh, let us bow our heads uh, for a word of prayer. Father, we're just so thankful that we're in you and you are in us. Uh, thank you, O God, because as you love the Son, uh, the Lord Jesus, so you love us who are sons and daughters of glory in him. Thank you because you love us as much as you love him. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the, the, the sweet Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Um, who guides us into all truth. He lights our candle. He enlightens our darkness. Uh, the word illuminated by the spirit becomes a, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So Lord, we just look to the Holy Ghost this morning um, as our helper uh, to guide us into all truth, to show us things to come and to teach us the word today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we see um, the, um, the, the daysman ministry, the mediator ministry, um, fulfilled ultimately by Christ. Okay, Christ um, became um, the ultimate model of the high priest in the Old Testament uh, and, and the, fun, the, the priest after the order of Melchizedek. Okay, we see this clearly stated in Hebrews chapter 4. I'll read verse 14 again, um, 14 from the New King James Version. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, let us therefore, because of the ministry of this high priest, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay? So we see Jesus here as our great high priest. Okay? Not as in the Old Testament where he offered the blood of bulls and goats to cover the sins of, um, of the people of God for a year. He brought his own blood, okay? And the Bible says, uh, of course, in 1 Peter or 1 Timothy 2, verse 5, it says there is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself um, a ransom for all to be testified in due time, okay? So we see Jesus functioning as the daysman here. Um, um, you know, uh, Job had said that if only there was somebody that could lay his hands on us both and function as my mediator before God. Yeah. To lay your hand on God, you have to be to effectively lay your hand on God. 
Um, only God can do that. To effectively lay your hand on man, only man can 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 um, can sympathize with the weaknesses, um, with the weaknesses of man. Okay, uh, and that is why Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Son of Man. Uh, in theological circles, he, the term theanthropos is, is used to, um, to, to speak about Jesus. He, he is the incarnate, um, the, the, the divine incarnate, the, the God who became flesh, who is 100% God and 100% man. He only could offer physical blood, um, um, man's blood, you know, um, and, and, and stand effectively as as the mediator between God and man, offering his own blood as a sacrifice and atonement for man's sin. Okay, he is the mediator. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. There's no, on, there's no other name under heaven by which men can be saved except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.19 that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses on them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. The reason why God does not impute the trespasses of the world on them is for the same reason um, why the, 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 the sacrifice of an animal in the garden could cover um, Adam and Eve, um, the necessity of judgment upon the innocent to provide covering for the guilty. Uh, Jesus was judged for the sin of all mankind. Isaiah talks about it being, uh, the, it pleased the Lord to bruise him um, because he made his soul an offering for sin. Okay, so um, the necessity of judgment upon the innocent to provide covering for the guilty. And that is why he is a great high priest. He is a great high priest um, and he um, he is our mediator, the only mediator between God and man. Um, let's look at Hebrews 9, 11. I sort of shared a little bit about it earlier. It says, so Christ has now become the high priest over all good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world with his own blood, not the blood of blues and calves. He entered the most holy place once for all and secured our redemption forever. Praise God. Honor the old system, the blood of bulls or goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer would cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a Perfect sacrifice for our sins. This is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and his people and the people, so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins that were committed under the first covenant. This is the mystery of the gospel. Okay. Jesus coming in the flesh, dying on behalf of humanity, and forever. Um, we have peace with God. And he said in John 14, 6, that I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. In Hebrews 4, 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which men must 
be saved except the name of Jesus. He is the mediator between God and man. He is our great high priest uh, whose blood uh, stands on our behalf and speaks about the mercy of God being made available to man. And it is because of this blood, it is because of the work of the blood that we know what to expect now when we approach the throne of God. It is, the, it is because of his function as high priest um, that Hebrews 4.16 makes sense. You know, in Hebrews 4.16 in the Passion Translation, it says, so now, so now, because of the great high priest, because of the work of Christ as our daysman, it says, so now we can come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness, okay? We can approach the throne of God boldly because the blood of, of Christ, the innocent has already been judged to provide a covering for the guilty. It is a throne immersed in blood. That's why it's called the throne of grace, okay? Uh, and so when we come to the throne, we can receive mercy's kiss. Mercy is made available freely, not just for us, but for the world, okay? Because it is a throne that is immersed in blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus. And thank God for his work as our great high priest. Look at Hebrews 7, um, 23, uh, for another dimension of this. I read from the New Living Translation, uh, verses 23 to 25. It says there were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. His priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He leaves forever to intercede with God on our behalf, okay? So the priesthood of Jesus lasts forever. His role as a priest, and here the, 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 the role as an intercessor lasts forever. So Christ continues to intercede for us as a priest of God forever. Christ continues to intercede for us. What does that intercession look like? You know, it, it may sound incredible that Christ, when we think of intercession, when we think about prayer, that Christ prays for us to the Father. It may sound incredible, but the Bible makes it clear that he intercedes forever on our behalf. In, Hebrew, in Romans 8.26, we see the Holy Spirit praying for us. It says in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. So the Holy Spirit is praying for us. He uses our vocal cords. He, 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 uh, 
he uses emotional size too deep for us to understand. And But the Lord, the Father understands it. He knows what the Spirit is praying. So imagine the Spirit of God, who is God himself, praying to the Father for us. Uh, imagine Jesus praying for us, interceding for us as a priest forever. That's part of his functional ministry as a, a priest, okay? Um, functional ministry as a priest. So we see again, it's it's not just um, it's not just uh, a a time uh, a time bound function because he said he's gonna do it forever. He's gonna do it after this age passes. He's gonna do it. Um, he would always be our priest forever. Okay. So so defining the role of a priest. Yes, we said a priest is appointed by God for God. To administer his covenants. And we can expand it to say to administer his covenants with creation. To offer sacrifices to God. To release grace from God to men and the multiverse. Okay. Uh, this is the eternal function of the priest dimension of the son. Appointed by God for God to administer his covenants with creation. Offer sacrifices to God and release grace from God to men and the multiverse, yeah? And the Spirit of God is growing us into the Son in all things, which include his priestly functional sonship dimension, okay? We're being grown into priests, and this is the role that we already have and, and the, that we must grow in as the Spirit of God empowers us and gives us revelation. We have already, um, we are already um, called um, to God as priests, okay? And the Spirit of God is helping us to function in Christ as priests, as he's a priest, okay? Uh, we're not going to offer our blood for anybody. Jesus has already done that. He has already reconciled us to God um, through um, the offering of his blood, but we are in him um, uh, as heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We're in him as priests, okay? If you look at Revelation 4 or Revelation 1, let's begin to talk about this dimension. Revelation 1 um, verse 4, I read the New Living Translation. It says, this letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness of these things, and first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Hallelujah. Verse 6 says, he has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. He has made us, not will make us, he has made us a kingdom of priests for God. For God. So we have an appointment as priests for God. Not for man, but for God. Appointed by God for God. Okay? So we are a kingdom of priests. Um, verse 6 in the Passion says, And to the one who has made us to rule 
as a kingly priesthood, king priests, to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion throughout eternity of eternities. Amen. So our king priest has made us king priests forever. Our king priest has made us king priests forever. Yeah, forever, forever. If you look at uh, Revelation 5, look at Revelation 5, it states it in a different way. He said, uh, and, and of course, Re Revelation 5 is located in heaven. Okay, this is not located on the earth. He says, I saw the young lamb approach the throne and receive the scroll from the right hand of the one who sat there. And when the 24 elders and the four living creatures saw the lamb, saw the lamb had taken the scroll, they fell down, they fell face down at the feet of the lamb and worshipped him. Each of them had a harp and golden bowls, brimming full of sweet fragrance incense, which are the prayers of God's holy lovers. And they were all singing a new song of praise to the Lamb. This is the song they sang. Because you were slaughtered for us, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Your blood was the price paid to redeem us. You purchased us to bring us to God out of every tribe, language, people, group, and nation. You have chosen us to serve our God and formed us into a kingdom of priests who reign on the earth. Okay, so we are king priests, kings reign, but we're a kingdom of priests for God. Yeah, a kingdom of priests for God. Okay, now, so Revelation 1 begins to talk about the fact that we have been made a kingdom of priests, okay? And let us see again um, how we function as priests. Um, and, and because this is a role that we're, we're the, the Spirit of God wants us to take, um, uh, take up because it is our role, we're already appointed. Um, so we need to understand what is involved in this. And we've already seen um, um, uh, from the order of Melchizedek, uh, from the minister of Christ, who a priest is, but but let us um, see how uh, you know see direct references to us in these same capacities. If you look at First Peter chapter two, um, I'll read two verses, verses five and nine from the Passion. Verse five says, "Come to be his living stones, who are continually being assembled into a, sac a sanctuary for God. For now." You serve as holy priests. For now you serve as holy priests. Now this is what a holy priest does. Offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. So as holy priests, we offer up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. Now we are offering our sacrifices in Christ and through Christ to the Father. Um, but in our role as priests, okay, have you offered any sacrifices lately? Um, because that is an important function that uh, that we have as priests, and and it's important that we 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 recognize that this is a role we must occupy. Okay, what are these sacrifices? You know, Hebrews thirteen fifteen talks about one of these sacrifices. Uh, it says. So we no longer offer a steady stream of blood sacrifices, but through Jesus, 
we will offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. These are the lambs we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. Okay? So as holy priests, part of the sacrifices we must intentionally offer continually is the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of worship. These are the lambs we offer, okay? We must be intentional. We must recognize that this is part of our, our priestly function. And, and, uh, and you'll see that uh, this is a tangible, substantial thing in, in heaven. Offering thanksgiving is not just, oh, thank, thank you, Jesus, and that's it. Well, the effect of our thank you, Jesus, the effect of engaging our memories to appreciate the Lord is felt in heaven. It, it's a tangible sacrifice, just as um, the priests of old killed blood sacrifices and blood the, brought the blood before the Lord, okay? It is a tangible sacrifice that, is, that, is, that, that registers in heaven and is substantial in heaven. Another sacrifice we see is in 1 Timothy 2, um, verses 1 to 4. Uh, Paul writes to his son here and he says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. So it wasn't just Moses and Abraham that intercedes. It's not just Jesus that intercedes. It's not just the Spirit that intercedes. Okay? Intercession. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. These are sacrifices. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority so that we, may, we can live peaceably and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Father who wants everybody to be saved and to understand the truth. Okay? So it speaks here about our priestly roles, offering of spiritual sacrifices, of thanksgiving, of praise, of worship, of intercession for kings and for all in authority, okay? This is an intentional role we must occupy, coming together in our individual lives, allocating time, submitting to God, and, our, and yielding our tongues to the Holy Spirit to use us in intercession. Jesus in Luke 11 talks about prayer and says, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come. You know, the earth, World history is formed and shaped through the intercession of the people of God. Um, people working in partnership with God, God and man, they are molding history uh, through intercession. You know, the history of, of, of Israel was molded by the intercession of Moses, okay? Um, the history of the world is molded by the intercession of sons. Paul commanded Timothy, he said, first of all, Okay, this is our first priority, intercession for kings, intercession for nations, intercession for people. Okay, we are, through our intercession, we are, we, are, we, are, we are allowing mercy of God to kiss the world. We are releasing grace in the affairs of men. We are molding history and bringing the kingdom of God um, into the earth. You know, James in James 5.16, he says, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another, and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. For tremendous power, tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Tremendous power 
is released, okay? It is only a godly believer. It's only uh, an intercessor. It's only a priest of the Most High God that can release the tremendous power of God in the earth through their intercession. Again, in, in Revelation 5 that we read earlier, you know, verse 8 talked about the, the, the lamb taking the scroll, the four living beasts, beasts and 24 elders fell down before the lamb. It says each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. So in the very presence of God, okay, uh, God breathed in, breathes in sweet incense. Those incense bowls are not filled by angels. Those incense, incense bowls are not filled by the 24 elders. Those incense bowls are not filled by seraphim and cherubim. Only one, uh, one race of people can feel those incense bowls. It's the saints of God that are praying for the world, that are praying for peoples. And those incense bowls are inhaled by Almighty God. He inhales our prayers and breathes out his mercy and breathes out his grace on humanity. It is part of the worship protocol at the throne. It is part of what God uses to get involved in the affairs of men. It's such a mystery. It's such a mystery. So 1 Peter 2.5 talks about our role as holy priests, okay? And it's a role that we already occupy and, and, and function in. And, and the Lord is inviting us to step into it. And as we, are, as we receive revelation, you don't need a church. You don't need a church service. You don't need, uh, you don't need a prayer meeting to function as a priest of the Most High God. And your impact will be felt in, in heaven as you do this. But there's another aspect of our priesthood um, in verse 9. We've seen our role as holy priests, but in verse 9, we see that we're also royal priests. Um, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, But you are God's chosen treasure priests who are kings. You know, the New King James talks about a royal priesthood. It says you are God's chosen treasure priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Broadcasters of his glorious wonders is part of our priesthood. Um, royal priests broadcasts his glorious wonders throughout the universe or the multiverses of God. The, the holy priests offer up spiritual sacrifices. The royal priests broadcast his glorious wonders. Broadcast his glorious wonders. You know, uh, a few months ago, um, we talked about, um, you know, the seven dimensions of existential reality. And um, we talked about the sixth dimension um, being uh, the place of choreography, you know, where where creation is, is manipulated and, and, and steered um, and, and brought into conformity with God's will uh, through the operation of the sons of God. You know, I, I believe that that comes under our function as, as, um, as, as royal priests that broadcast the wonders of God through our creation, um, as light bearers, as... as, as um, as um, 
as, as those who, who administer the light of God into creation. You know, um, and, and we see certain verses of scripture um, talking about this. Um, so, for instance, in Romans chapter 8, verse 19, if I read verses 19 to 21, um, it says the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Okay, And it says, for against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Now, it's saying here that the freedom that creation is going to experience is going to be administered um, through the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Okay, so it's it's like we are we are fundamental to the experience of liberty um, by creation by God's creation. Um, it is our role as broadcasters of God's wonders uh, to bring freedom um, to to creation. It, it, it's almost as though as we grow in God, um, as we grow in God and ascend into God's nature in our oneness with Him that we release back that which, which we have seen and learned and experienced. We release it back to creation, bringing freedom to creation. And it's essentially the role that is part of that cherubic function where uh, as, you, as you embody, as you come into the light of God and grow in the light of God, the light you have embodied and received, the Lord uses you to, to broadcast that light into the universe and the outer regions. We also see this in, um, if you look at um, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 9 to 11. You know, Paul said, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, has kept secret from the beginning. Verse 10 says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was eternal, his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus as, as um, our Lord, using the church to display his wisdom and the outreign of his light, publishing the light of God in the universe, in the outer regions, uh, uh, to principalities and powers. Um, the light of God through the church. This is part of our eternal um, priestly ministry um, as sons of the Most High God. Um, I, I trust uh, this session, looking at Christ the priest, um, looking at the function of the priest of the order of Melchizedek, seeing ourselves in him as priests, uh, brings us to a place of recognition of the importance of our role in God's kingdom as as king priests, okay, um, being uh, standing in the gap, forming, framing the world through our operations, um, feeling the vials in the very presence of God with our prayers that God uses um, to, to, to form the world uh, and bring his kingdom to bear. Publishers um, of the wonders of God um, in every sphere we're in, 
are executors of God's judgment and justice and righteousness, bringing judgment and justice into every sphere, um, um, bringing the kiss of mercy uh, and, the, and the power of grace um, into the experience of humanity. What a, what a privilege um, we have been given in God and in Christ to be heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ as king priests. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, look forward uh, to uh, sharing with you next Sunday. God bless.